I am joined by uh, Cal Patel, um, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the challenges of hiring um, in a digital health startup, basically. Um, so Cal is the CEO and, and founder of Bright Insight. Um, and yeah, I mean, just kind of over to you, really, Cal. Well, thanks for having me, Christian. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, happy to do a quick intro. Um, as mentioned, Cal Patel, I'm CEO and co-founder at Bright Insight. Right, a quick background, um, physician MBA by education, my way through uh, Boston Consulting Group, working across both the US and Europe and pharma, med tech, payers, providers. And then um, uh, was at uh, in pharma uh, industry itself. So I was at Novartis uh, Pharmaceuticals in the US and then joined Amgen, um, was head of corporate strategy there, global marketing lead for their main drug, Enbrel, and then found and led what we call Amgen Digital Health. So one of these early digitally focused uh, groups within big pharma, med tech, and, and that really started you know, my passion and focus around, around digital health and what, what uh, technology can do to really disrupt, disrupt and advance healthcare faster. Fantastic. And I suppose when you know, looking at you know, your time at BCG, obviously your time at Anjan and, and of course at Novartis, huge companies, you know, know that lots of responsibility. Um, what, what made you kind of take that leap of faith, I suppose? When I got into that role at Amgen and saw, uh, started to see what technology could do for healthcare, it became clear to me that the technology revolution that had largely changed every other aspect of our lives had skipped over healthcare education and government. And you know, and I've have a I've had a lot lifelong passion around healthcare. And so at that point, for me, it was really around how do how can I help harness the, the, the power of digital technology to advance healthcare faster? Um, and I thought, you know, the best way. To, to do that was actually from sort of the outside partnering back with industry versus just being within, um, you know, the, uh, the the formidable great legacy players because uh, really their scale and capabilities are focused on on different things than 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 what digital can can do to advance. Certainly at the at the time that I made 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 the leap, you know, looking at maybe kind of scaling up from there, you know, I suppose what. What would you say were the main kind of challenges in actually kind of scaling up just, just from that kind of smaller size? In this job market, and frankly, in any job market, hiring the best talent and retaining them is always a challenge. Right? I think in digital health, we actually do have some particular advantages. Right, The, the first one is around mission. I think people really want to work. Um, and really do their life's best work at a place where they can have massive impact. I think we have a real competitive advantage as a result of that um, at Bright Insight and, and, and what we're really you know, driving within the broader digital health ecosystem. Um, secondly, I think you have to build um, uh, an advantage through your culture. Is this a place you want to go and work at every day, right? Is this where you want to go and, and you know, sort of pour in your, your energy and your passion? And if you can create the kind of culture where people are super excited to jump out of bed and come collaborate with their teammates, you know, feel every day that they're doing something that's meaningful, that they're de delivering not just impact at a company level, but at an individual level, um, and, and can really be developing their own skills, et cetera. Um, that culture piece is, is super critical. And, and you have to think about that early on. It's much harder to change the culture of a company as you scale, right? And so to your point around those early days, um, you know, we I think um, had a culture that we established that worked really well for us and very authentic and continues to, to permeate the company, you know, as we've scaled from, you know, like you said, 20, 30 people a couple of years ago uh, to, to over 200 now. Yeah. And was that hard to keep together in a pandemic as well, I would imagine? 
Yeah, the pandemic for sure, you know, it's been a challenge for everyone. So, um, you know, what we really focused on, uh, first of all, is just really hiring based on sort of time zones versus geography. So now in the United States, uh, you know, over the last two years, we've uh, sort of spread out to having employees in about 30 states. And I think we're up to about 11 countries. Um, and so folks, you know, really collaborate using digital tools like Zoom um, and others, you know, Slack, et cetera. You know, I've heard from people that you do lots of initiatives and you know, meetings, et cetera. I mean, I think it was something called the Brightside Week. You know, tell me a little bit more. It runs from 8 a.m. to noon Pacific time uh, for an entire week. And those four hours in a typical day are divided up between, you know, an hour of sort of company presentation strategy, you know, what different areas are working on, what the key objectives are for the year. But then we'll have an hour of typically talking to an external speaker. It could be a board member, it could be a customer, it could be a patient, you know, it could be a, a other, other important stakeholder. We spend an hour doing entertainment. We've had everything from magicians to incredible musical performers to comedians, you know, come on. Um, and then we'll usually share, you know, existing customer programs and what those are and how they work, right? So, so we sort of create this program where it's um, substantive, uh, where people are really learning a lot, but also is really driving affiliation and collaboration. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's fantastic. And I think it's clear that you guys have really thought about it. Um, and kind of accelerated that through the pandemic as well. Now is kind of well, this, this period at the moment is kind of coined as, as the great resignation. Have you seen a lot of people leave Brightside or have actually have you been a beneficiary? We've been a beneficiary for sure. The bar is going up, right? And so that includes for what we need to do to ensure that we, again, retain, engage and create a great environment for our existing talent. Um, but I think as we, as you said, we've been thinking about that a lot. We've been focused on that before the sort of quote unquote great resignation came along. Um, and so I think we're just kind of investing and in building on the momentum we had, uh, which both helps us, you know, minimize um, uh, from, from a resignation perspective, but also capitalize on people who are, you know, now much more open to a new employer. Um, you know, and we sort of encapsulate like the example I gave in a program and an approach that we call home first. That's kind of our internal language for how we think about how people come to work, right? So we're, we're sort of identified at a company level, hey, we are a home first environment, knowing that people are going to, you know, primarily be, be working out of their home to, to, to be able to really design, again, an environment from a culture perspective, communication perspective, you know, supporting each other from a physical and mental health perspective, et cetera, right? We have, for example, mental health days. So once a month, the uh, whole company shuts down uh, to take advantage of that. We you know we have various fitness challenges um, that, that we do throughout the year that create a lot of teamwork and, and again, uh, a lot of fun bantering and, and get people moving. We use, a, use an app called Donut, uh, which basically is integrated into our Slack that every week randomly assigns you to a different person in the company to have a virtual coffee with. These are great ideas. I've never heard of Donut before, actually. Um, but that's fantastic. I think if you like, say you've got you know hundreds of employees and you know randomly been assigned to somebody, I think that's 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 great. Anything to cover in terms of you know what advice maybe you would give to you know other kind of CEOs and founders within digital health, you know early stage companies on scaling teams and and, and retaining those teams. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, a lot of advice to offer. Uh, the, you know, my younger self, uh, you know, new 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 startup CEOs. But from the people side, um, it may sound obvious, but I think mean, the biggest advice is really focus on getting the right people, the best people sort of on the bus, if you will. Um, especially when you have a lot of job openings you're trying to fill and the market's competitive, it's very easy to get yourself convinced that somebody's sort of good enough 
and really focus on, is this the best and right person for what you need uh, and what you're going to need for, you know, the next phase of, of growth for your company. And that obviously is not just about skills, but it really comes down also to, uh, to, you know, values and, and fit. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, you know, if you can make the right decisions from a people perspective, that has an incredibly multiplicative cascading effect because that's the person that's going to then hire their team. And then those people are going to hire underneath them. Right. And so getting those people decisions, right. Is so critical, especially in those early days. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. It's that kind of like trickle down effect, I suppose, isn't it? Um, then building teams as well. I suppose you know, that's testament to obviously the success that you guys have had, you know, so far. And I mean, it has been a rocket ship success, really, hasn't it? I know I read recently, of course, that you guys have brought, you know, Sanofi on as a, as a partnership. I mean, what's what's next for you guys in terms of like the next eighteen months? Um, yeah, yeah. Are there great success stories to tell? Thank you. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a super exciting time. I mean, look, I think over the last couple of years, we've done three fundraises. You know, with some of the world's premier investors like General Catalyst and Insight Partners. Um, you know, our Bright Insight platform, we partner with pharma and medical device companies to help them build regulated software solutions. Uh, so as you mentioned, we recently announced Sanofi um, as a major customer. Um, we have, um, you know, other great public logos like Roche and CSL Bearing, um, and we have uh, more, more announcements coming. So, um, so we're going to have, um, I think, another customer announcement here coming uh, fairly soon. Um, and then we have a portfolio of customers that we haven't yet publicly announced, but look forward to, you know, their products coming to market and then, then being able to do that. Right. So, so I think, um, you know, we're, we're, I would say well on our way to our, our goal, which is really to become that de facto platform um, on top of which pharma and med tech companies build regulated software solutions. Wish you all the best. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us here and answering these questions and yeah, thanks a lot, Cal. Yeah. Thanks, Christian. 